Welcome to Credit Offset. The 2018's top films as decided by me, Shay Collins. I th watched 277 films this year and I still missed a lot. I think 120 BPM probably would have been on this list if I had watched it. I didn't see films like First Reformed. I didn't see... Uh, uh, Suspiria or Hereditary, so I couldn't discuss the controversial love or hate of Suspiria. I didn't see They Shall Grow Old and see how a technical achievement could bring so much reality to something that seems distant to us and our generation now. I didn't see a whole lot, and I will say what I did see mostly are films that made me cry a lot and a lot of my top films are films that made me <laughs> weep in a cinema so i want to just a quick honorable mention to a few comedies where i've laughed really hard i think the spy who dumped me is the best spy comedy i've seen because it understands death is frequent and painful in a world of espionage and it focuses on it just the right amount of time to make you go, how are they doing this in a mainstream studio comedy film? This is bonkers and hilarious. Also, Kane McKinnon is in it and is essentially the straight man to the plot, but is still able to be her usual obtuse, hilarious self. The Feels is really good little improvised comedy and Sorry to Bother You builds on jokes really well and has a lot to say about society that all three films you should go watch here we go 25 films i am going to try and not say anything spoilerific so i may say things that you may not understand because you haven't seen the film which means you should go watch the film because they're on this list and it's therefore really good. But I don't want to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't had the chance to see these films yet. Number 25. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. What makes you different is what makes you Spider-Man. This film has a talking superhero pig. A talking superhero pig. And yes, the film looks astounding and the animation is magical and the, its story beats work really well considering it has to balance a lot of people and plot and gives everyone who needs one a satisfying arc. But this film has a talking superhero pig amongst the regular mainstream human superheroes and, and this is why this film just managed to pull into my top 25. It has a talking superhero pig. That definitely feels like a Phil Lord stamp. Number 24. Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. Mamma Mia, here I go again. Honestly, I should probably put this film higher to try and get attention for my sincere plea for this film to be respected beyond its campy love that it's receiving because I think people might just think that the film is kitsch 
but its filmic form has a lot to say. The form transcends dimensions of space and time to show how a sincere but unthinking love for Abba is among all of us, young, old, dead, alive, across generations, across continents. This film's direction really should be considered for rigorous academic analysis. And also it's really fun because it's a bunch of people singing ABBA. Go go watch it. It's better than the first one for sure. Number 23, Happy as Lazo. Yeah, one of the films I saw at London Film Festival. I really enjoyed it. It's a simple fairy tale, but has a sweet, innocent character that goes through the story. I think it's a very lovely and gentle film. 22, Cam. I love this song. I really like the film Nerve that came out a couple of years ago, apart from Nerve's ending. In that film, the main protagonist is a photographer playing a game that requires the recording of an image. So you'd think somehow they'd be able to use her skills as a photographer to help her win in the third act. But they don't, and they just state a theme and a final speech that takes away from a lot of other readings you could have of the film. Cam, on the other hand, the only horror film in my list, succeeds as a film. A woman whose passion and talent lies in being a cam girl actually uses her skills in the film, and despite the premise being on the danger of the internet and sex work, the film doesn't say the character has learned her lesson, but is merely pointing out that there is danger and to be wary. Not to stop using the internet, not to stop being a cam girl. I think that's pretty pretty damn progressive and important. 21. A deal with the universe. I'm going to video everything and then I'm going to show you this one day when you're older. I'm going to laugh. I'm going to laugh about mummy being all pragmatic. This documentary is about a trans man trying to get pregnant and there have been a spate of exploitative quote-unquote the man who was pregnant, TV documentaries. But David in this film, as well as being the central figure, is also the documentarian. He is in control of his narrative. He chooses at times to stop filming for big long periods. And those moments speak to an honest portrait that doesn't push its subject just for the film's sake. 20. They. So she said that we can do some tests to see if I'm really a girl or not. What kind of tests? Like, she said that I should keep a piece of paper and write down who I am in the morning as soon as I wake up. You did that? Yeah, it's a row. Like, girl, girl, boy, boy, girl. Or I could just write B, G, blank if I don't know. One of the few films about gender queerness that is very quiet. It explores the protagonist's limbo state very well and extends it to the periphery characters. Normally films about genderqueer characters are 
very much about external conflicts. And this isn't one of those. 19. Bad times at the Air Royale. Sir, we have a problem. You watch me? I only watch who they tell me to watch. Who's they? Management. This is a strange one to be up on this list because it's very similar to Cabin in the Woods. Now, while watching it, you think how fun and inventive it is, how it could be returned to to apply different readings and ideas to the film. But I haven't thought about its ideas since. I just remember it being fun. 18. Widows. Something happened tonight, something bad. Our husbands aren't coming back. We're on our own. They stole a lot of money. And now people want it from us. Now the best thing we have going for us is being who we are. Why? Because no one thinks we have the balls to pull this off. The criticism I heard about Widows is that anyone could have made it. A heist film set against the backdrop of political corruption. But I think this really, really feels like a Steve McQueen film. He imbues it with shots that last long, and for every minute these shots go on, it brings more and more meaning to it. Widows is the film that will be looked back on as an indicator of what the times were like today. 17. Coco. I know I'm not supposed to love music, but I can't help it. I'm gonna be a musician! Miguel, get down from there! But my family thinks music is a curse. No music! I wanna be in this family! Miguel! What are we going to do with that boy? I wish someone would help me follow my dream. I wrote a piece about Coco for Dear Movies Design, but essentially I found it so moving that this was a film not just saying that family is important as a soundbite, but that engagement in your family and its past is. Um, you can read more in Dear Movies Design about that. 16. A Fantastic Woman. I know A Fantastic Woman is problematic and is just traumatizing, transphobic, violent porn from start to finish. And that's not the only stories that trans people have. But Daniela Vega carries this film, and this film acts as a reminder to me. And if you've seen the film, you know that when I say going back to your assigned at birth gender after so much pressure with a promise, you'll find answers, but the promise is empty. That moment for me was incredibly powerful, and Vega's character actually got to live in the real world, unlike everyone else. 15. The Miseducation of Cameron Post. All that's left is your signature, and we're good to go. Hmm. Now you're officially a disciple of God's promise. Welcome. <sighs> Fuck. I want to brag and say I was at a Q&A for this, and Desiree Ackerman and the host talked about the cinematographer, my favourite cinematographer, Ashley Connor and Josephine Decker for five minutes to an audience of 500. And when they asked, who knows what they're talking about? 
I was the only one who did, and that really jerked my ego. But the other thing about this Q&A is that someone asked the question that they'd like to see a sequel. Where do the characters go? Desiree wasn't really interested in the idea of the sequel, because the answer is really bleak. And that highlights how essential the ending to the film is, how important it is what the characters choose to do, and how uplifting it is. How there's no other option. 14. Incredibles 2. It's time to make some wrong things right. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. We need to change people's perceptions about superheroes, and Elastigirl is our best play. Better than... Me? <clears throat> the other Pixar film of this year, and although it has the same villain plot as every Pixar film, yes, the celebrated good guy is the, really the bad guy. I found this film so fun and had, I think it had the most inventive superhero fights I've seen, where different powers actually interacted with each other in surprising ways, rather than fight scenes where a super rich company is just slamming their expensive Hollywood actor dolls together. 13. You were never really here. They said you were brutal. I can be. I want you to hurt them. Filmmakers are magic because they create unknown and unexplainable feelings inside you. How can this form that seems so blunt and blatant create poetry in all of your insides? Lynn Ramsey knows how. Lynn Ramsey really knows how. 12. Shapeshifters. Du brukar säga, varför skulle jag behöva hitta hem? Jag har aldrig haft det. The best documentary I've seen on the exploration of a second-generation immigrant's identity and how they traverse their new and old cultural landscapes. Also, this film echoed Chantal Ackerman better than anyone else ever has, and I implore you to seek this film out because I don't think many people saw it. 11. Private Life Having a baby is an immoral act. Overpopulation, climate change, rise of neo-fascism. Did you take your Valium? Yes. Why? Dramatizing the difficulty of trying to gain a child, this couple is consumed by the endless waiting as everyone looks to begin their life. Private Life is a really well-made film by Tamara Jenkins. And Catherine Hahn is amazing. And Paul Giamatti is really good in it too. Although... I do find it hard to believe that anyone would find Paul Giamatti attractive. But that's just me. 10. Close knit. Another film that made me cry this year, but this one was mostly of joy in the film's beauty and exploration. If you're looking for a film to explain some trans 101 stuff, then this is kind of perfect. This film puts the subject through a child's eye, so the child's questions are innocent and she accepts the answers. 
Also, this film has fun with gender and family. If Koreeda Hirokatsu made a film about a trans woman, this film feels like the film that he would make. Masterful sweetness exploring Japanese family structures. 9. Wild Nights with Emily. This is a historic film about Emily Dickinson, and the film uses the straight washing by Todd of Emily Dickinson to provide a narrative device to have laughs. It's a very funny film. At the irony and catharsis in seeing our queer history. But in the film's final shots, it reminds you the absolute horror of what straight washing is and does. I laughed and laughed and then weeped. Eight. The Square. If you place an object in a museum, mm. for instance, if we took your bag and placed it here, would that make it art? Ah. Uh. Okay. Absolutely hilarious that takes stabs at high society's hypocrisies and prejudices. A camera that focuses on a crowd that ignores constant pleas for help. I am part of that ignoring pack this film really was going after me and i will try to listen seven 1985 christmas wasn't the same without you i'm really glad you made it back this year Just as soon as you could, you couldn't have left any faster. You don't even talk to your own family anymore. So stop telling me what I should do. I spoke with Carly, and I think she's still on the market. So then why did you call me today? Why are we doing this? I just want to see you one last time. The character returns home after three years for Christmas with his estranged family. He takes certain actions because this trip has a purpose. You pick up on what's happening fast, which is important so you can understand each and every moment being significant. Tears were streaming down my face and even thinking about uh, actions that he takes is... Oh, jeez. Um, yes, uh, this queer film was the last one I saw in 2018 and I cried a lot on a cinema uh, with only like two people there and I was just in tears and why didn't, why weren't there more people seeing this film number six number six Madeline's Madeline everybody She's Madeline's a really great actress yeah. Evangeline says it it's true <laughs> oh, we love her so much I had this dream that I wanted to tell you about I dreamt I slammed my mother's hand with an iron. I felt like I was underwater, watching her. You know what they say about dreaming.
just really look at its face. Look at its face, really look, because you're going to become My favorite film at the London Film Festival and another film from Josephine Decker and my favorite cinematographer, Ashley Connor, that digs inside your head. A film that asks so many questions about the ethics of art, both within and in the making of the text. This film is the future, or I hope it is the future, of making films. It really has to be and should be. Josephine Decker created an environment of honesty and trust on her set, unlike anything I've ever heard about. And I know this because we got to speak to her Q&A afterwards. And at that Q&A, I also got to ask Josephine Decker about my favorite cinematographer, Ashley Connor, and why they keep working together and why Ashley Connor is actually part of the devising of the film. Uh, in answer to the first, Ashley Connor's legally blind, and that's why she's not afraid to be out of focus in shots. She likes to build camera rigs. She likes to explore images in ways that I don't think many people do. And she can make mainstream stuff like The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which she was a cinematographer on. She can make a mainstream film but she knows how to do much, much more than that. And she says why she's part of the devising is because it was important that the camera should be noticeable in its moves and its and in its ways of shooting. It is part of the performance of the characters and part of the performance of the film, the part of the performance that we put on and how... The performance that we as people put on may be truthful, maybe more truthful than anything else. I really love Ashley Connor and Josephine Decker. These two are filmmakers that are new and you should be seeking out all the time for when their next film comes. Five Faces Places. Moi j'ai 33 ans. Et toi je dirais plutôt que tu as 88 printemps. Le truc rigolo c'est qu'on va faire un film ensemble. Bah ouais, c'est ça le point de départ. This is going to be my new feel good movie. I will come back to this when I'm down and need to remind myself of how I should be approaching life. An utterly endearing friendship and endearing film. A film that bridges generational gaps. Four, shirkers. When I was 18, the thing I wanted more than anything was to make a movie. I had the idea that you found freedom by building worlds inside your head. That you had to go backwards in order to go forwards. But I never imagined it would end this way. Whenever you're ready. Now. Oh, oh, In the summer of 1992, oh, my friends and I shot a road movie oh, 
on the streets of Singapore called shirkers. I was the screenwriter and played the heroine, a 16-year-old killer named S. Did you feel it was childish? Yeah, but that was the beauty of it, right? Our passion and our earnestness came through. Sophie was the producer. Jasmine was the editor. George was the director. Were you rolling? Yeah. I chose George as my new best friend. A man of unplaceable age and origin. After shooting wrapped, he took everything. Do you make films? Then this is the documentary for you. It captures the youthful energy of filmmaking and the immortality in a bonding experience of making a feature. The immortality of making dreams and living in them. It looks beautiful and is my favorite score of the year. Free, Black Klansman. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. Hello, this is Ron Stallworth calling. Who am I speaking with? This is David Duke, Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. What can I do you for? Well, since you asked, I hate blacks. I hate Jews, Mexicans, and Irish, Italians, and Chinese. But my mouth to God's ears, I really hate those black rats. And anyone else really that doesn't have pure white Aryan blood running through their veins. I'm happy to be talking to a true white American. God bless white America. An absolute crowd pleaser providing catharsis. I expressed a lot of thoughts on this film already in the podcast Heard You Saw, episode 28, where we where we talked about this film in great depth. Two, shoplifters. At first, I just thought when I was watching it, this would be sweet and lovely. And I don't know, like 7 out of 10 film, you know, whatever. Lovely and sweet from uh, Hirokatsu. But the gentle pace reveals the circumstances of how this, from an outsider's perspective, misshaped family come together. And how they leave each story and each character made me cry again. Don't watch the trailer for this film. It gives far too much away. Just watch it. One, Martyr. I was on a bookmark.
None of you would have seen this film. I got to see it. I got to see it at BFI Flair this year. Um, and I can remember what exactly happens plot-wise, but I can't remember how it made me transcend my very being. This is the most visceral experience I've had, and I worry a lot that cinema is dead, but this film truly proves that cinema is alive. Alive in a really big and bad way. I will... I would say put Google alerts for this film because I don't know how you're going to see it. I think you should because it's an experience. Just like Mad Max Fury Road is an experience. This is... This is that kind of experience and emotionally adrenaline wise it really is everything cinema has so that's my top films of the year and yeah that's it thanks for listening